My name is Minu Kim, associate pastor here at St. Stephen's, and it is my joy to worship with you this morning as we uh, come to an end of our Advent season, the time of anticipation and preparation for the coming Savior. Today's scripture message comes from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 to 11 and 16. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See, now I am living in the house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in, about in, in a tent and a tabernacle. Where, wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make, you, make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more as formerly. From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. This is the word of God for us, the people of the God. And we say, thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Oh Lord, as we anticipate your coming, and as we come together as your people, as your church, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. O oh Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Since uh, Pastor Spencer opened last week's sermon with the topic of Christmas carols, I would like to open my sermon today with the topic of Christmas movies. We all have our favorite Christmas movies, and it seems like we also have our favorite guilty pleasure Christmas movies. For our favorite Christmas movies, we like to watch them with our friends and family members and even our children. But for our guilty pleasure ones, we like to watch it alone, privately, under our favorite blanket. At a certain point of my life, the film Love Actually was my favorite guilty pleasure. 
Yes, I'm being very vulnerable here by sharing that. <laughs> and just to make sure, I'm not recommending this movie to you, but I'm just I'm sharing. Uh, and it was my favorite guilty pleasure to watch this season because it had to do with uh, the airport scenes that both opened and closed the film. We can watch one together. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion is starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. Seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. There were times when I, uh, personally, when I struggled with the idea of home, both as a pastor's kid who moved on average uh, once every two years, and also as a student attending uh, out-of-state college. So whenever I was asked, where are you from, I wrestled with this idea of home. And this airport scene from Love Actually struck a chord with me, reminding me that home is really where I am with love, where, I, where someone loves me, loves us best of all. And I think that's what Christmas is all about, being with love, and to, more, to think more theologically to be with love incarnate, who is omnipresent and whose love is unconditional, thus love is actually all around. Yeah, I know that was cheesy. But on this first Sunday in Advent, we read from 2 Samuel 7, which is also the text used in today's Advent devotional by Kate Bowler. 2 Samuel 7 deals with an image of a house, which can be interpreted with the theme of home in the context of Advent. Any house can be a home, but it is almost impossible to experience a home without a house. This is because a house provides a base where the idea of home can sprout. And that base is a sense of comfort and security. Without a sense of comfort and security, it is difficult to feel at home a place of love and belonging. At the beginning of today's text, King David was experiencing both comfort and security at his home. The scripture says he was settled in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies, enemies around him. And this rest was a good one too. He had just come back from, triumphantly with the Ark of the Covenant after winning the battles against his enemies, David was feeling good at home with sentiments of gratitude, hope, and joy. And once, and once he was at peace, David, just like many of us, finally looked beyond his home and noticed the disparity in housing between him and God. I am living in a house of cedar, a luxurious palace, yet the, pre pre yet the presence of Yahweh represented in the ark of God 
stays in a tent. Something must be done here. David's intention here was to build a temple in Jerusalem, a permanent location for worship and a suitable dwelling for God. And the prophet Nathan was quick to respond in a positive way. Sure, go for it. God is with you. But on that same night, God spoke to David through Nathan. And personally, I think it perfectly makes sense for God to say something cheeky, like, oh, you're just noticing it right now after all these years? However, that's not how God responded. Rather, God reminded David through Nathan of two things. The first reminder was how God has not lived in a house since the day of Exodus when God brought out the people of Israel from Egypt. God has always been on the move since then, living in a tent or a tabernacle. And throughout their journey, God has never once asked for a better, suitable house, let alone a luxurious one. And the second reminder was that by always being on the move, God was also with David from his humble beginning as a shepherd to now the king of Israel, being with him all along in his journey, whenever and wherever. And through David, God will continue to journey with God's people, securing them a place called home. In fact, it is God who will build a house for David, not a bigger palace, but a dynasty but a dynasty, a kingdom, and a home with everlasting security and comfort. To me, these reminders from God reminded me of Psalm 23, a psalm often attributed to David as the author. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right path for his name's sake. Even though I I was through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. And it is this very God who is always on the move, who is always interested in walking with us as a shepherd would walk with his sheep, and who is always determined to bring us home safely, is the same God who comes to us as Emmanuel, which means God with us. Love incarnate in a manger. Last week's scripture reading from Luke hints at this connection point from 2 Samuel as angel Gabriel announced to Mary, And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give give to him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Through this Jesus, the house of the Lord promised to David is indeed established 
forever. And as we will learn in the upcoming season of Epiphany, the house will also become a home for the outsiders of Israel, us, the Gentiles. In light of today's scripture reading, it makes perfect sense that God would come to us in the humblest way possible to be born in a manger located in the little town called Bethlehem. God's desire is, all, is to always be on the move with us, to walk with us, to journey with us, regardless of our statuses or statures. If that is God's desire, why would the Son of God be born in the temple of Jerusalem or in the house of cedar? There should be no surprise then, especially if that divine desire was something God continued to communicate through both words and deeds. Yet, we continue to get it wrong, as David did in today's scripture lesson. We continue to build houses for God, bigger, better, more impressive, and more luxurious. We continue to try shackling God in one location, whether that is to domesticate God according to our own preference or to make God accessible only to certain people. We continue to play the game of real estate in the name of religion when God has never asked us once for a house of cedar. We continue to get it wrong. But there is no shame in that, I think. Forgetfulness is a part of being human, and I think God knows the best. Rather, I see Christmas as God's way of reminding us through Jesus as God did to David through Nathan. Compassionately reminding, reminding us of God's desire once again. Emmanuel, God with us. God has always been and God will always be moving with us regardless, regardless of our statuses or statures. Being with us while enfolding all of our needs and our confusion, our longings and our fears. Recognizing God's presence in our daily journey is our finding and coming home, where we are with love, where someone loves us best of all. On this fourth Sunday in Advent, we are reminded once again that it is God who provides home for us and not the other way around. And it is also through the church that God provides home for all peoples with Christ as the cornerstone. This is done through us welcoming our families and friends with a loving presence at holiday parties or under Christmas trees or even through FaceTime or phone calls. This is done through our presence with those in grief, mourning homes that no longer feel like home, be it due to the loss of loved ones or the upheaval caused by violence and war. This is done through our active involvement in fostering an environment where our children can find home in places like St. Stephen's, a place of love and belonging that can hold all of their needs and their confusion, their longings and their hopes and dreams. 
This is done through the likes of manger ministry, providing a house for those in need so that they can have a base where the idea of home can sprout and flourish. This is done through our constant acknowledgement of the name Emmanuel, God with us. That if we are with God with us, then that makes us also the people on the move. That we are being sent out to the world to share the good news of eternal homes with all people. Sharing the presence of the everlasting with in a world suffering with isolation and loneliness. May this Christmas season remind us even more clearly of God's observed determination to be with us in the name of love. And let me close with a blessing shared in today's devotion. God, we are waiting for love. Not the simple kind or the sweep you off your feet kind, but the observed kind. The kind wrapped in rags, resting in a bucket of animal feed, love enough to save us all. Blessed are we who look for love, deeper, fuller, truer than we have ever known, than we could ever, ever hope for. Blessed are we who seek you, the light that dawned so long ago in the dark stable, love given, love received. So receive this gift, dear one. Love has come for you. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.